You're listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. It's Thursday, so this is Cue the Mic. Or, if you're listening to us on a Saturday afternoon, you're listening on WXVU 89.1 FM, Villanova's College Station. Welcome! Cue the mic, cue the mic. Thank you, Sandy, for bringing us in. Um, so this is Dr. Renee Norris-Jones. Um, my grandchildren call me Dr. Grandmother, well, without the accent, Dr. Grandmother, and sometimes it's garbled because they're five and almost one. Um, but yeah, and my pronouns are, I almost forgot that, my pronouns are Dr. If you're a student or my grandchildren. She, her, hers. Sometimes I answer to dude. So, yeah, that's it. I am sitting here with my co-host, period. No, that was plural. Um, Sandy Smith has been with me since the beginning. Is that right, Sandy? Uh, yes, yes. And we'd actually uh, connected via an earlier show you hosted on this very station. Um, my name is Sandy yes. Smith. Uh, like Renee, I'm a German towner. Um, I day job is home and real estate editor at Philadelphia Magazine. You'll also see my work in some other local publications, including the local here in Germantown, on whose masthead I appear as community editor. Uh, in order to discourage people from sending me email that is addressed, Dear Ms. Smith, my pronouns are he, him, and his. And I believe those might be the, the pronouns of our third of our third co-host, Herman Epperson. You are correct, Sandy. My name is Herman Epperson, and my pronouns are also his, him, and he. I am a theater major at Community College of Philadelphia. Before that, I was a Army National Guardsman in the state of Pennsylvania, a combat engineer, best known as Minesweeper. For 11 years, 06 to 2017. And Herman, I heard you say that yesterday we had our annual all hands meeting, which means that every programmer from every show is on. But this year it was online in two parts where part of it was yesterday. The other half of the team is going to show up Monday night. But normally we're all in a huge room and there's tons and tons of food because it's a potluck. Um, so nice. I heard you say Vince. Herman, Herman, when you introduce yourself, you said, what did you say? Night night spotter, night crawler? What did you say? A what? Night I thought it I thought it was minesweeper. Uh, a minesweeper, mine yes. Minesweeper. Yes, night crawler. That's a what is a totally minesweeper? Um usually a dude who looks for invisible bombs, if I want to order it down. No, um minesweeper is a soldier trained to locate identify and disarm mines that are buried in the ground. Mines are explosive devices, uh, usually triggered by um, a pressure plate. So uh, someone stepping down on it or someone driving over it. Um, trip wires can also be used and they can be remote detonated to uh, someone with a, uh, a detonator watching from some distance away. But most commonly they are uh, victim operated with pressure plates by stepping on them or driving over them. Uh, so right now, my mouth is wide open. Well, you can probably see me because we're doing video <laughs> of the audio. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've seen this in a movie. 
you know, you have the mind. So when you said that, I'm imagining all yeah. the movies that I saw that had, um, yeah. Well, remember, right, it's a device that looks a little bit like a carpet sweeper. Yeah, it looks like a Roomba. The, yeah, <laughs> some it. of them look Attached like Roombas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they some of them, um, so yeah, they, they're like a uh, cylindrical um, object you uh, bury in the ground. One second. Having some audio. That's okay. My 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 Roomba is upstairs in the bathroom because she did some cleaning yesterday for me. Okay, sorry. But, about but that. that's what it looks uh, like. My, is that I'm what sorry, it looks my... like in real life? I'm sorry. I said my Roomba is upstairs. She did some bathroom cleaning for me yesterday. So some of them um, can look like Roombas, where you have a circular, uh, uh, somewhat flat cylindrical object that you uh, bury in the ground. Now the top of the Roomba would be the pressure plate, and the pressure plate is the surface that you step on or drive over. And when that is compressed, it sets off a chain reaction that makes the mine explode. Inside the mines are um, explosives, obviously. Um, right. But I and now, the, go ahead. I said, I thought that the device you used to detect them also was like cylindrical and it was oh. on the end of a stick. Oh, the, so the mine detector, yes. They're, uh, it's basically a, um, they, they, it's the same thing that, that cylindrical object you're talking about is the device that can, um, it's like a, the more advanced ones are of a ground penetrating radar that can uh, pretty much scan what's beneath the surface. And it not only looks for metals, but it looks for different densities because the old minesweepers were just state, were just metal detectors. And you can get a lot of false positives where you think you have a mine, but it actually just might be a nail or something in the ground. And you may have seen people and on the beaches back in the day uh, take those same metal detectors and go up and down the beach looking for, well, treasure. Yes. Loose yes. That, those yes. were the old school mine detectors. Now mm-hmm. they're more sophisticated to uh, pick up um, density uh, differences in the ground because a lot of mines now are not made from metal. They're in plastic casings. Ah. And they have they have very little metal in them. So um it has made the job safer for minesweepers um <laughs> relatively safer for minesweepers uh but that was my job that was um what i used and that to- was my next question that that was your job yep that, that that had to be a little um um stressful traumatic yeah tra- traumatic st- i was uh, stressful i was i went straight you to know- traumatic it was a slow burn of trauma because thankfully uh, the military is a um, explosive device and a mine detection uh, technology has advanced where. This is good we, to know. Yeah. we Like I, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy what I'm about to say, but I didn't feel like I was in that much danger. Hmm. Um, I would just and, and, re- and how were and, 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 now when you didn't feel that much danger? How old were you? Twenty three. I'm thirty five. Okay. okay, that explains a lot. And, well, and, and thirty five. Did you do you realize it was? I'm sorry. So how old when you got it? You went in the army at what time? At what age? Twenty three. I, I graduated basic training at twenty one. Twenty one. Army. Basic um, training at you were minesweeper at twenty three. At I what was, age were you a minesweeper? 21. I graduated and I was a fully qualified minesweeper at 21. Um, All right. And 
at, at what age did you realize that there was some danger? I think after my first that tour. should have been. <laughs> it, it's, and, it's, and how many years was that? Uh, after So my first tour was, uh, I graduated 07 and end of my first tour was 2009. So two years later. It was, well, you know what? Let me, let me rewind. Um, my first day in Iraq was, I was terrified. And I wasn't even mine sweeping duty. I was just in a convoy and I was a gunner. And while we were training, again, that, while uh, we were training up for that deployment, one of the things the instructors used to tell us was that uh, impl improvised explosive devices, which yep. basically homemade bombs, IEDs, were commonly disguised and stored on the streets, uh, disguised as piles of trash. So when we get to Iraq, because their sanitation department was no longer a thing after the invasion, there was trash everywhere, and it was just panic. But as we learned to identify how exactly these IEDs were disguised, we got used to it. And part of my PTSD is the slow burn of always walking up to a possible threat, thinking this is gonna be it, I'm gonna be dead. And you just really get used to it. And then you had to worry about becoming complacent and joking around with it. Because you, you're so used to living your life as this is your last moment that you become, you just turn it all off and you become desensitized to it. So after yeah. about the first 30 days, I really had a hold on my own fear. And, you know, I always talk about like the pitfalls of military training and culture. I think there's things that could be done better, but the training I got was effective. But some of those things you have to untrain when you get home. And that's the hard part too. Yeah. Um, right. But at any rate, I was, uh, yeah, I used to walk up on IEDs after, you know, a good amount of searching I, or drive nearby and um, try to figure and, it out. And what's an IED? An and IED. What's an IED? Improvised, improvised explosive device. device. So, yeah, that was my job. Wow. Well, and uh, I went from that to uh, writing and acting. Well, that was some introduction, sir. Yes, um, thank you. And um, and and it, even though it kind of took us off time for a second, it was just we're definitely going to have to revisit this in future shows because I'm learning so much. Sure. Um, about the end of the the um the military. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank, thank you for you your welcome. service. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Um, and uh, but um. Go on to uh, yeah. We're gonna move into our thank you, Hearn. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yes, we we have we have an arts and culture item this week. Um, our why pronouns matter uh, segment is going to be very interesting. Uh, we there is the cues trans spotlight. We have several hot topics for political cues and news this week. Then gay answers to straight questions, and finally our lightning round, newsworthy or not. Gotcha. And I have some good newsworthy or not stuff. Oh, yes. Um, so. We should note, though, that um, on April 4th uh, in 1971, I think it was, um, the Netherlands 
became the first country, uh, excuse me, um, it was uh, 1981. The Netherlands became the first country to legalize same-sex marriage on April 4th that year. April 4th, 1981. 1981? Excuse me. 81? Oh, excuse me. 2001. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, that's, that's, that's even worse. Whoa, that's even worse. Wait, wow. 2001 was 20 years ago? Yeah. That's right. All right. Yeah. Just sorry, this millennial is having a... Uh, a crisis right now. <laughs> um, My God. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes when you hear things and you put it in perspective, whether it's stuff like that or whether um, um, things that happen in the lives of African Americans, you know, our whole history, and you go, oh, yes. that was only so many years ago, really? It just it, it just knocks you over, knock you over like a feather. Um, I remember with my ex from the legal talk show, um, she talked about when we first met, she said, so um, legal gay marriage is not legal in Philadelphia, but I want us to be the couple that makes it legal and go down there and whatever. And I'm going, what, what, what are we doing again? Um, it's legal now, right? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, she okay, wanted to okay. be, this she was... wanted us to be that couple that was the, um, the first first but not just the tr first but the, you know the troublemaker the not the troublemaker what's the word i'm trying to say you know when you're kind of breaking through the uh, um, the trailblazer trailblazers yeah the trailblazer i'm like yeah i'm like uh, okay all right we need to talk about this um but yeah she's just, I, I, that's to be us and i'm going uh, okay we should talk about this not saying that's a I lot don't, of but, yeah and i'm really a private person i really am but yeah she yeah. wanted to be that person let's do this calm it down calm it down Anyway, um, so thank you, Sandy, for that day, this day in queer history. Um, and we, our new segment that we started a couple of weeks ago, maybe it's been a month or so now, is our Q Arts and Culture. And the Q is always there, you know, because it's queer. So it's the Q Arts and, and Culture. And I just love the arts. And I think I mostly remember when, with the pandemic, when Broadway closed. So it was just like, what? This stuff is real. They closed Broadway. I was, and I think I might have changed a couple channels to make sure that it was true. They're closing Broadway. Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness! So, Broadway's yeah. Opening. So, um, it will be reopening soon, yes. from what I understand. So, yes, yes, yes. There I'm listening. I'm watching. Hope. I'm watching. Yes. Um, so there are a couple. I even saw that the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia has opened up there. Um, kind of what's happening later this year and going into 2022. I'm glad. So it's happening. I'm glad because I bought these com um, concert tickets to see My Chemical Romance last year. Then they had to postpone it and we couldn't get refunds. And those tickets were a few hundred dollars. Wow. But the fact that they're, they, I still have my tickets. They're still good. I am glad that me and my friends can go back to the, uh... wow. I'm sorry. My Alexa just went off. <laughs> Here, <laughs> Alexa. That's that. okay. Yeah. It's not, but, we're not going to edit. We're going to leave it in there because my Alexa sometimes goes off at three o'clock, depending on when we're on. Um, um, I got to remember so, to mute that. But yeah, uh, I, I'm excited that Wells Fargo is opening. Um, every, a lot of people have concert tickets that they, you know, they, we couldn't get refunded, but they, they, they really better honor those because uh, I'm happy. Yeah. And everything that I'm hearing is saying that things are going to reopen. I mean, we knew that they were. And of course, we want them to open safely for the actors um, and for the musicians. 
safely for the folks in the audience, but it's just go get vaccinated, people. I, Let's get this done. It's good that people are embracing that. And um I just have I just have a just a worry that things might go too fast too soon. Um people are getting a little too excited. Just hope there's a little bit of caution, but yeah. Yes. Yes. We definitely want the caution. We have to be. Let's let, let's not go crazy. All right. We all want this to happen, yeah. but let's make it happen. Um, in yeah, a good I, way. I want Broadway. I want my concerts, but you know, um, I don't want a repeat of the open and close thing we had uh, over the last uh, last summer. Take one step back. See, one step forward. One step back. One step forward. I don't want that to happen, but. Um, you know, I think one of the things that probably a lot of places could do that would make that less likely, upgrade their ventilation systems so that they install filters that filter out viruses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yesterday during the all hands meeting, it, it was they did a little um, it was a PowerPoint, but it talked about kind of where we were as a radio station last year and kind of, you know, are we did this two steps forward? Oh no, there's been a backlash, you know, new viruses, whatever state, but it just really helped us recap beyond the radio, just our personal lives, what that was like in um, imagining that most of us were just kind of standing around with our mind or our mouths open going, what? So, Pandemic? What? Um, Death? So related to that, there is a Muay Thai gym Muay Thai kickboxing, it's a martial art um, from Thailand um, called Eight Limbs in West Philly. And they are a pretty big LGBTQ friendly gym. They have. Wow. OK. They went have they went above and beyond to they opened their gym and they got a epidemiologist. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong to um, come through and it sounded good, though. <laughs> it sounded good. It, it to come through and um, make sure they were following protocols, and they did get filters. They did get fans. They came up with this um, cleaning schedule, and they sectioned off uh, the training area so they're six feet apart. Uh, you must train in masks, and no outbreaks. And it proved to the MMA community wow. that you can still train and be safe. Now for a while during the pandemic, it wasn't just, you know, just hitting the bags. It wasn't towards uh, later that summer when things started to improve that they started um, partners, sparring with partners. And even then that's totally mm -hmm. at, your own, um, at your own comfort. But they have had right. no infections. Um, and have been doing great things. And um, I, I, they, uh, if more gyms follow their examples, they, maybe a lot of uh, a lot of infections could have uh, maybe have never happened. Right, yep. right, right. Um, and it's scary. And I will say um, that I found out at the top of this week that um, talking about COVID that my daughter has COVID. So I've been freaking out a little bit all week. Um, um, she's kind of calm, but you know, as mom, I'm just like, what the heck? Um, so yeah, um, very scary, very scary. Um, 
So we digress a little bit. So the other thing that we had for arts and culture, we had a couple of things, a couple of updates. Last week, we talked about DMX. Uh, DMX. DMX. Yes. Um, maybe not the maybe not the best LGBTQ icon at all, but definitely an icon in rap music. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, age fifty. Right. A heart attack. Is that that? Is that what the last thing I heard was? That, that was what I heard. Uh, first. he had. Yeah, he had heart problems. He was in a coma, I believe, for a bit. Uh, he right. came off life support and. Uh, as I understand it, he was he was off life support, but they thought he were, he was still bad condition. But uh, it just didn't work out, I guess. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, oh man, fifty. That's not even that far away. Uh, At, right, exactly, exactly. And I saw that. I was just like fifty. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I remember when I saw the headline, I was just like, wow, I verbally expressed something. I don't know what it was, but it was just like, really? 50? He he got a lot of legal trouble. Um, he obviously he was, a, he was a man who needed help. He had a very traumatic, mm-hmm. um, a very traumatic uh, childhood and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now he's on probation. He he um, posed as a federal agent at some point. Really? Oh my goodness! Yeah, Obviously, um, I was keeping up with all this. I think he was involved with the. I know he. Had, I read somewhere he got hit with an animal cruelty charge for. Um, I believe it was pit bull fighting. Um, yeah. But um, I always. I despite all that, you know, I followed him from afar, and you know, he more he talked about his mental health, and there was this clip I saw with him about raising orchids. Like really? Yeah, and he was just like. I think I'm going to misquote it, but he said uh, he always thought that the orchids needed the most expensive lights and soils to grow, but all they needed was patience, time, and attention. Mm-hmm. Something to that mm-hmm. effect. And I'm like, man, that's mm-hmm. you, you see this guy, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, this hard gangster. And he's like, right, right. right. I like I like to think he was on his way to recovery, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, condolences to his family. Yes. Um, definitely was whether he was a friend of the LGBT community still was a human being. And I think most people know him, whether he was a friend or a foe. Um, and he did some film also, correct? He was in a couple films. Um, uh, the one with Jet Li, I remember because at least in my circle growing up, that really brought uh, blacks and Asians together. Uh, one with <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Around time, like living, I was uh, like North Philly, Aldi, um, all my black and Asian friends. Uh, that somehow that movie was like a, it brought us together. Very nice. Well, Sandy is giving us the 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 signals, Herman. Um, he's done the watch tap. He's done the wrap it up. I think he's over there doing aerobic exercises, telling us to move it along. <laughs> yes. um, but our condolences to DMX. Um, and we have why pronouns matter. Um, and this week we're going to talk about um, gender nonconforming. And it's kind of a two part because we have something in our political cues and news that kind of talks about gender nonconformity. And we wanted to make that our focus for the pronoun section. 
And according to Healthline, the health the Healthline Medical Affairs team at Healthline.com, gender nonconforming is a term given to people who don't conform with the gender norms that they that, that are expected of them. It's a very technical um, term. So that would include the people we used to refer to as tomboys, for instance. They they, they would fall huh. into that category. Yep. And it's yeah. basically huh. it's you know from an early age. Um, it's imprinted on us, um, you know, just gender reveal parties. We usually associate the color blue for male and the color red pink. or pink for, um, for female. Right. And then, you know, as right. you grow up, you know, this is reinforced through rewards and punishment. Like um, a boy caught playing with his sister's doll, his sister's dolls, maybe have the toy taken away. Like, hey, you don't, you don't play with that. Here's a ball. Boys are meant to do sports. Right. And you That's tell the girl. Right, called- right. That's why they call G.I. Joe and Barbie action figure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though yeah. it was a doll for boys. to. There's play. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to say about that. Cause I had my, I had G.I. Joe's and um, you know, they come with all the guns, all the uniform, all the equipment. And then you have, you know, my sister playing with Barbies, same concept, except instead of guns, and uniforms. It was dressed it's like a hairbrush, like hairbrushes, and like <laughs> uh, a purse, makeup out, makeup accessories, etc. So, right from early on, it, society wants to tell us you have to be one or the other. And then nowadays, people, um, I feel more than ever, but I wasn't around during you guys' time, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But more than ever, people are more openly opposing that. Uh, I just yeah, you know that, what? And it wasn't until go ahead. I was just, go I ahead, just Sandy. That uh, growing that more and more people are not as rigidly tied into those you know expectations of what you know a boy or man and a girl or woman should do. You know, and it shows up in many little ways. You know, it's okay for men to cry. Oh Women can serve in the armed forces. Um, you know, in combat roles even. Um, yes, I was, I was gonna say the combat, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't want to steal the spotlight and talk about the military yet, but I could probably write a dissertation paper about um, all of that stuff. But, um, I'm glad to see Which that stuff? gender the mil as uh, generals, generals, and all that type of culture relating to the military. Mm-hmm. Wow, yep, yep, and even when Sandy, when you said. The gender norms of growing up, all of a sudden, I flash back to the whole kid thing with the Barbies and that kind of yeah. thing. Um, it just kind of took me there. So um, I was one of those parents that, you know, my daughter had everything from um, she played with Ninja Turtles. She had the whole every Ninja Turtle in the world. Oh, and no. I didn't want her to have Barbie. Yes, I didn't want her to have Barbie, but she went to a sleepover at age four and she came back and said, you know, Sierra, that was the girl's name. Sierra had a Barbie. I want a Barbie. Like, Barbie, I don't know what you're talking about now. What, what Barbie? Um, but, you know, barbecue? she twisted my arm. We go to the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go into Toys R Us. We're just going to run in. Yeah. And I'm... Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm going, um, what else, the Barbie doll? And they said that when I go. And I think I'm just going to turn, run in, grab one. There were like two or three aisles, not just that aisle, but the next row down. And I'm walking through like, 
what the heck is this place? You overwhelmed. Um, it's like the cereal aisle at the I was <laughs> Yes, exactly. I was so overwhelmed. So she had Barbies, but then she had Ninja Turtles. So Niall, she was bald for a lot of years. And then finally around four, her hair came in and she was like, um, Angela Davis, just all of this hair. And so it was, it was on one of these days when I had not done her hair yet. And she was out on the front step playing little boys across the street were like, they, I think they had an Ninja Turtle. She came in and got theirs. And then she came in, they were just like, oh yeah, we have this. And then she came in the house and brought out every Ninja Turtle toy there was. Okay. And they were just like, wow. And then she had the Barbies in the Ninja Turtle vehicles. And they looked at her and said, are you a boy or a girl? Um, and they had to be three, four, five, maybe not three, but four or five. And they, the two brothers looked at all this. I mean, she literally just brought out everything because, you know, Renee tends to overdo <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, they, and they looked at her hair and they looked at her and said, are you a boy or a girl? And she looked and said, like, I'm a girl. Like, well, why? And they were just like, I, I, I'm looking at their face and I'm standing in the doorway. And she's like, I don't understand why they're asking me this. But they were totally just dumbfounded. Like, how can she have both? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. a reflection on how we're, how we're taught at, a, at an early age. There were, right. even some, there were even some signs of this easing as I was going through school, you know. I mean, when I was in grade school, you know, the boys took shop and the girls took home ec. Mm-hmm. I didn't take shop. I took home ec. You know, very nice to cook. And this is something that I got from my dad, who also loved to cook. Um, if I, interesting. If I because if I remember correctly, when I was uh, going to school, I went to Conwell Middle Magnet in uh, Kensington in the nineties, and I took both those classes. Um, it was both mixed. I did home economics and I did. Uh, shop i they didn't call it shop anymore because we weren't allowed to uh touch the actual saws and actually make things because they oh. were worried about lawsuits and injuries so we had like the adult well now that videos. takes all the fun out of it yeah they gave us like face and uh but it was like uh the uh, their the legos have blown up um now more than ever but it was the ones where you would, um, there were the educational Legos where you would learn how like machines work, cogs, turning, things like that. Um, you would understand, they would teach you like uh, physics, momentum. And they would create like little engines so you can understand without cutting off your fingers, I guess. But we wow. saw the equipment. But in, but, but, but in Sandy and our day, weren't, weren't there real saws and stuff? Weren't they, weren't they real? Yes, there, there were, there were yeah. like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, because well, well, at saws, that point we also had bomb shelters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the yes, yeah, shelters. the yes. fallout shelters. You know, I'll bet you, <laughs> I'll bet you there are cans of like uh, civil defense biscuits still sitting around in some of those places. That's amazing. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness. Well, anyway. So. <laughs> let, so let, we're let, going to move on. Go ahead. I was going to say let let us simply say that. Gender nonconformity is not the oddity it once was anymore. Yes. Right. Right. Well, depending on where you are on the globe, because well. sometimes, um, which takes us to our Q trans spotlight. Right. Um, so, and Herman, you brought that to us today. Yes. So, depending where you are out on the globe, because Arkansas was the first 
state this week to ban um, puberty delaying drugs uh, for uh, people under the age of 18. Um, mm. Friend of the show, Chris Nelson, runs uh, trans. Um, trans minors rights. Trans minors rights. I'm sorry, my brain. Right. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, they run that uh, nonprofit organization, and their goal is to allow these puberty blockers for uh, children under the age of 18. Um, and it's been proven by many, many accredited, accredited, uh, uh, accredited medical institutions that these are not harmful to children. Right. Um, so the state, uh, so this week the uh, Arkansas um, banned it and it came under the Safe Adolescents from Experimentations Act, the SAFE Act. I saw that. I saw that. And you know the first thing I thought of when I saw that, Herman? What's that? Those conversion camps. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah, so they can have conversion camps that actually experiment on kids, but having kids take puberty blockers, which has been known to not permanently disrupt someone's development they, they, right, think that's, right. they think that's horrible okay so i'm gonna get angry but let me try to compose myself here mm, um, right. all right so they took it one step further according to this article uh published by the scientific american um they will now any physician who administers these treatments to minors mm -hmm. can face up to 10 years in prison so they really don't right. want anyone. I'm reading that and it says, right, they're licensed, that they can be stripped of their yep. licenses and sued. Yep. You know, and this also takes me back to um, Roe v. Wade with abortions, you know, like women were using hangers. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, In my God, bathroom, yeah. I have a pin, the button with the hanger, with the line through it. This is real, people. This is my lifetime. Yeah. Um, women were giving themselves and other women abortions because they were illegal people are going to do what they're what they're going to do it's a much safer practice to have a woman go into a doctor's office and have a safe abortion and as a woman who's had an abortion um sometimes life you know everything is not for every time mm -hmm. um and it's still isn't it it's even though I knew intellectually that this was the best thing to do in having an abortion, it still took an emotional toll on me. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it did. You know what I'm saying? It still yeah. took an emotional, it still took an emotional toll. And just because we do something or make a decision, hell, marrying my ex-husband, the psychopath, um, we'll stop there, was more detrimental than, I, I, I'm, I'm on a rant, I don't know why I'm, and the other thing <laughs> is, I'm going to stop here. Because I, someone pulled out the feminist platform. I am so sorry. Birth control pills are the most unhealthy thing you can take. Mm. Okay, I digress. Dude. That's it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mm. would like to yes. have a conversation yes. about birth controls, yes. like coming from a male. And um, I had a conversation with a, um, you know, with a partner about using birth control. And they mm -hmm. had a lot of opinions on it. But specifically, they had uh, uterine fibroids. And they, oh. they had uh -huh. to get a surgery to remove them. And they're very high risk, meaning 
if she got yes. pregnant, you know, she, she don't even know if she could take the, the, the child to term. And on top of that, if she got an abortion, right. she's like done. Like now she's going to be infertile, but right. getting an right. IUD could also screw her up too. Mm. So she's had like, one of those 30% scar tissue on your ovaries, which cuts mm. down your chance of conceiving by 30%. IUD See, took a travel uh, to so, my body. So, yeah, and, and I was just speaking to a, a friend of mine, and uh, she's a, um, she teaches sex ed um, at, uh, in California, and she has an IUD, uh-huh. and she swears by it. A lot of women I know who have them swear by it, but I, I me as a man, I swore I by it too. Do, it's like once every three years. Yeah, but she did mm. mention that it, it, I think it's every 12. By or at? <laughs> 12 years, you... You, you don't want to have it for more than 12 years because like you said, it can, the, it can travel and get into your, um, and get into your, yeah. uh, you, you know, your body, your flesh. And it is extremely painful to remove. Yes. Um, but it's painful. Yeah. It's that could be a conversation. Um, I'd like to have, cause I, you and, know, a lot, I don't think a lot of men who are, don't know about that stuff either. Uh, right. let's file that for future reference. Okay. And this is probably Absolutely. a good point to segue into uh, this week's uh, cues and news, especially since the reason we were talking about gender nonconformity was, uh, don't you have an item, Renee, about North Carolina um, with a piece yes. of legislation there? Yes. Yes. The North Carolina bill targets kids who, exhi- who exhibit gender nonconforming behavior. Um, and I'm like, what? So aren't there, I mean, why? Where were they when Trump was in office? Didn't, don't they have other things to focus on that are bigger than this? So this was from April the 8th. So it's only like a week old. Um, so the North Carolina Republicans, <laughs> go figure, um, introduced an extreme bill targeting the health and well-being of LGBTQ plus youth on Monday on the heels of a package from a recent Democrat, Democratic Democratic bills proposing broad protections for LGBTQ individuals in North Carolina. Well, that was a tongue tongue twister. Um, So they proposed legislation, legislation, Senate Bill 514 would prohibit doctors from providing gender affirming care to anyone under the age of 21. Whoa, 21? Mm. Wow. Yeah, including surgeries, hormone treatment, or puberty blockers. Oh, now, so wait you can a go die for your country, but you can't. I, I was just, yeah. I was just going there. I was just going there. Um, yeah. Um, the Great. bill further offers protections from providers practicing conversion therapy. Okay. Oh, oh wait a minute. That's protection. Oh. Did you say they're protecting conversion therapists? It, the bill further offers protections for, for providers practicing conversion therapy Get while the- subject, subjecting doctors who provide gender-affirming medical care to trans youth to fines and potential removal, you know, losing their license. I mean, this just- Wow. That- <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I, I certainly hope the governor of North Carolina vetoes that bill the way the governor of Arkansas did- the, that bill, however, of course, in Arkansas, the it, legislature it overrode the veto. Uh, well, there's more. There, there's more. Not only um, that, 
It would compel state employees, including teachers, to notify a child's parents if they exhibit any signs of gender nonconformity. Oh, okay, so we're just going to get a secret police thing going on. Mm. <laughs> your daughter, <sighs> your daughter was playing with construction equipment toys. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I This is why I don't want to have children and like. <laughs> I like I can't like mm-hmm. it's just like it just feels like a nightmare world I would be bringing someone into with all this stuff mm-hmm. that you think we would yeah. be smarter and improving but it really feels like I was saying about COVID and things open up it really takes feels like we take one step forward and another step back uh, well, you uh, know which- I, I think a lot a, a lot of damage was what happened during Trump all the work that Obama did with um, just more opening, more people having conversations about race, race being, I mean, there was a lot of good that was done. He, he and Michelle taking the high road and other people took the the, the low road. I remember yeah. someone said something about, um, I guess whoever he was running against, the, um, um, the Republican who can see Alaska or China or I don't know. Uh, you can see the uh, Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. Um, yes. Someone yeah. talked about her kid and he stepped in and said, kids are off the table. Well, right there. I, 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 I. And that was his opponent. Kids are off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my. It goes on I, to say. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just I just remember the last <laughs> thing, the last uh, debate uh, before the um, the election of Trump and Biden. And Trump went hard on Biden's son. And it's just, it's just, you could see how mm-hmm. the, he went hard on Biden's son. Then you have a bomb. Yep. like, Hey, no kids are off the table. We're not getting talking about families. And then Trump just going. Right. In on, on right. The- yep. <sighs> right. Um, okay. right. Since you mentioned COVID though, uh, I think we have a somewhat more positive news development to report this week. Uh, uh, this is, this was reported in them on April 7th. Um, after I love a, them. I, I do. Yeah. After a new HIV vaccine showed promising results in initial clinical trials, researchers plan to partner with Moderna, manufacturers of one COVID-19 vaccine, to continue developing the innovative treatment. The experimental vaccine developed by the International AIDS Vaccine Initiative, IAVI, and Scripps Research displayed a 97% response rate among participants in an early stage phase one trial, according to ABC News. Its novel approach involves stimulating the production of rare immune cells that are needed to start the body's antibody generating process, a crucial step in combating the fast-moving virus. It sounds like they learned something from how they developed vaccines to attack COVID and are applying that to HIV. Good. Good. Okay, so... Here's my theory. Again, someone brought out the feminist little poet. I, I keep telling them, just let me be. So when I read that, I said, yeah, okay, you just found a wink, wink. I think that they can put, I'm going to back up. They can put a man on the moon, but they cannot develop a safe, effective birth control for women. Okay. All right. There is no birth control that's 100 percent effective. And the closest you get is the pill. And depending on who your 
preferably feminist, woman-affirming gynecologist is, they will tell you, do not take the pill. It will kill you. Literally, that's how bad the birth control pill is for you. So when I heard about this, I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they're talking about, oh, yeah, because of the you know vaccine, we can do something with AIDS. You were able to do something with AIDS before, just like you were with birth control. You just refused to. Okay, I'm off my platform. I usually don't go there. I usually don't go there with the with the with the theories. But okay, that that was my. Initial I'm thought. I'm just gonna take this as the good news that it is, and not worry about what shoulda, coulda, woulda. Okay, uh, no, it's true. Uh, You're true. You're true. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, perhaps we could have gotten some of these treatments, um, these uh, medications for for women and all types of other people. Mm faster or maybe the word i'm looking for is they could have found those found those better treatments or cures even um sooner mm -hmm. rather than yeah. later but the the bottom line is these are all developed by human beings and human beings are flawed they're fallible yes. they and they screw things up they act on you know stubborn habits that are hard to break you know all sorts of reasons they break biases yep mm -hmm. yep yeah. yeah. I mean, I was reading something about this with regards to COVID that apparently, you know, we really did know early on how it was transmitted. And we even had a live experiment mm -hmm. that proved it, namely that cruise ship where, oh, you know, that was, yeah, I yeah. almost forgot all about that. You know, and, and yeah. so basically we knew that really the way you catch this is it spreads through the air and it doesn't matter whether you're six feet away or not, you know, it, if it lingers in the air, it doesn't fall out, you could catch it. So, you know, we should have been wearing wow. masks from day one. You know, we should have been doing other things to improve our ventilation. But, you know, people were fixated on, you know, the other means of transmission and kept trying to get the data to fit into their preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. So on top of mm -hmm. that, um, just mask wearing. And I know that um, uh, countries... Uh, with the, the really, really high population density, they wore masks before COVID was a thing just to not get sick. And I've noticed that a lot of my friends, um, and I'm sure there's data on there somewhere, none of us caught the regular common cold um, because of masks and, you mm -hmm. know, taking care of our hands and all of that. And I'm like, there's something sane about mm -hmm. that. I mean, I'm not saying no one ever did. I know a couple of people, there were some scares, they got sick and they're like, oh, do I have the COVID? And it's like, hey, no, you just got to, upper respiratory infection. Um, right, right. But like, there's something to wear in masks. It's, it's not something, it's not something that's trying to infringe on your rights. It's basic understanding of how viruses are transmitted. That's all it is. You, I, I don't right. know, I don't know where, what, what schools these people went to, but I was learning that in at least uh, fifth grade in middle, middle school. Yep. Right. And I think early on with COVID, pe people were saying, and we laughed at Michael Jackson, but even before Michael Jackson, J Jackson in Asian countries, we always saw them or a lot of them wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Was was that for the same, like just kind of germs and stuff? Yeah. And like, you see how people get uh, crammed into, um, into trains in Japan and in China. Oh, I see. I'm not, yeah, it, it probably is a good idea before you board the subway in Tokyo to mask up. Yeah. In and I, yeah, and I, I'd always remember seeing uh, those countries um, 
either it be news or things unrelated or, um, you know, just in movies, but having a surgical mask to cover your face when you're sick was just seen as, you know, being polite. Even at my job, when I was working for a government agency um, as a, doing security, I remember my bosses were like, hey, if you're feeling sick, but you got to wear, wear a mask, so you just uh, wear a mask and like clean your hands so you don't um, and sanitize your area when you're going off shift so you don't spread germs to other people. And then they can say that then in 2017. But, you know, now that it's the government is telling you to do it, everybody's up in arms like. Whatever. Right. Get real. Yep. And, and, and and I'm sorry, go back. You said to Tokyo before you go on the subway to, to wear a mask? Yeah, you, you, I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with the Tokyo subways, but uh, they hire people to push passengers into the cars. Yes. You know, they, they, they pack them in literally like sardines. That's a fact of life there. Mm -hmm. like, like, like traffic is a fact of life in Los Angeles, being in packed trains and getting pushed in there. Mm -hmm. um, to cover every inch is a fact of life in, uh, in Japanese. Cities. Wow. Wow. Um, huh. So well, do we have a, do we have a gas cube this week? We do. I just have two quick little things that I want to talk about really quick before we leave po political news and cues. Um, I just want to acknowledge that all of the anti-Asian hate that's going on, um, that, um, it's 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 a bad thing. Don't do it. You know. Um, I've had say? a. I have a number of. Um, I'm Filipino, but I'm often mis mistaken for um, specifically Mexican. Um, and growing up, it, it was strange because I used to look more Asian as I when I was younger, and I used to get hate from every single group. Even by like, I remember after 9-11 happened, I was, uh, some, uh, some kids up in the Northeast threw eggs at me while I was waiting for the bus because, and they told me to go back to Pakistan mm. and I'm like, mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm from Philippines. So like whatever, but I was Brown. I don't want to steal the spotlight away from, from Asians. Um, no, no, no. Um, it's it's, it's, the, same, it's, it's the same it's story. Like, yeah. I, I then I would get hate because you know when I looked more Asian it was like I, you know, I would, I would, people say mean things to me, but like my friends who are Asian and outwardly look Asian, um, they have come up to me and asked me it's like hey man where can I get you know can you teach me some self defense things can you you know can I get up my license to carry like it's it's right wow it's crazy and yeah. I don't I don't know where it's coming from exactly because i know in the beginning it was you know they were blaming asians for COVID, and um i, I mm -hmm. feel like I, i'm learning it's been it's been happening uh throughout um and it just recently it's starting to become more reported more rampant especially with the last few shootings um mm -hmm. i i don't know is is it just straight up racism is it just fallout from COVID? i i no longer know well, I think what happened is, and I'm going to say this before Sandy gives us the evil eye, is a lot of this hate came through with Trump. You know what I'm saying? Everything was just, it was just bad, you know, just he did, so he did much empower hate. a lot of racists to be, to be more mm -hmm. bold mm -hmm. with their racism. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's, the thing is, it's like, I've seen some of the, some of these perpetrators were not white people. Like it's. Yes. 
so that's, a, that's a subject for a whole nother discussion. Okay, you're right. <laughs> yes, yes. And we're going to move on because Herman needs to leave in a couple of minutes and we are running out. Are we up to oh. gas queue? Is that where we're at? Yes, we are. Gas no queue. We're going to make it really no quick. No stupid questions, only stupid people. What's, what's our question? <laughs> um, are you assigned roles in gay relationships? Like, there are, like, do, do, are you assigned roles in, in straight relationships? Like, there, are you assigned roles in gay relationships? Like, there are roles in straight relationships, like the one where the wifely duties, you know, the one that uh, the husband has, well, husband duties. As a feminist, I, I take offense to that on so many levels, but okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, well, but let's, so, go, back to are our, there let's roles? go back to our gender stereotypes, okay? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I feel like, me being a straight guy should be the last person answering that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm a feminist. That's my point of view. So I, I resent the part about the, the yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, let's put it this way. The, the, the two daddy couples I know, you know, one doesn't become the mommy. Um, there's usually some sort of like, you know, we work this out. You know, somebody will do cooking. Somebody will do food shopping. Somebody will do childcare. Maybe we'll swap that out. Um, you know, there aren't. Like you do what you hate the least. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. There aren't like fixed defined right. roles, you know. Um, and, and each couple works it out according to what their preferences, desires, and their children's needs are. So. Right. And the rest of it, you flip a coin. Nobody wants to clean the bathroom. You flip a coin. Yeah, I agree to all of that. And from my perspective, um, usually there's the disciplinarian has always been uh, attributed to the father or the male figure in the family. And the uh, emotional support has always been the mother or the female figure in the family. But gender aside, I find that all of my friends who are single parents have to do both, regardless yes. if it, they're a single mom or a single father. Um, and I believe I'm not a parent, but I take care of like a dozen millennials and zoomers. So I, I don't even need kids. I got my own kids. You got to yeah. be able to do both. You got to be able to be tough, but you also got to be able to raise your kid with, you know, the emotional, so, so they can learn the emotional intelligence to go out in the world and interact with people and have empathy and, you know, but also there's certain here, here. Yep. for themselves. There you have that. It. Both things can be done by a man or a woman. So there, it's maybe it's easier if you have two people and you can split that those those decisions those roles up. But you still got to do them, no matter yep. what your gender is. Um, I should note that by the clock by which we're recording this, I believe Herman, you need to make your exit. Um. um if we got nothing else, I can hang around for the exit. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We, we I do have, have one the lightning quick, round. I okay. do have that, and we'll make it quick. I have two quick things. One is early polling suggests that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on a presidential run for, and most Americans think is okay. Well, we've had Donald Trump kind it get worse. <laughs> Reagan was a... Uh, that actually sounds like a good newsworthy or not. You know, child, <laughs> please. 
I, as, That's as right, I know, Ronald Reagan was an actor. Ronald, Ronald Reagan was an actor, and I believe he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. That's yes, he was. So he wasn't. Listen, I think no matter you can come from all types of careers and be good at another job. I was a minesweeper. I'm going into acting. Maybe I'll become president forty years down the line. Who knows? I'm not really, but it, it's where he stands on the issues, and if he can do the job fine i mean well fine. well the feedback was no more actors no more celebrities i think they're kind of done with donald trump but I, yeah he's I throwing don't blame his hat him. in yeah i don't and then him. one quick one we can only do one word with this just one word so we can get out of here on yeah. time cool this is mostly in pennsylvania philadelphia PennDOT has activated dozens of variable variable speed limits along the 14 miles of the school club expressway finally so those I'm things not... have been sitting there black for three years. And then we <laughs> had about four months with signs saying speed limit may vary next eight miles. And there was still dark. I can't wait to go get a car, drive on the expressway just to see them in action. I think it's going to be crazy, though, because because who's going to be looking at these like now? Now the speed limit's 15. What? I'm going to crash trying to go from. Oh, yeah. So it's coming. Yep. Uh, I do have one other uh, newsworthy or not that I think I'd like to lay on. Okay. Uh, around 14 yep, a.m. on March 24th, an unidentified resident of Lorian, Michigan, woke to find a gun pointed at his head, WLUC-TV reported. Lorian police said Warren Myers, 52, of Calumet, Michigan, allegedly demanded the homeowner give him his two cats. <laughs> <laughs> the cat burglar left with one cat and was later apprehended along with the gun he used, said authorities. He was arraigned on March 29th in Houghton County Court, and the fate of the stolen cat is unknown. Well, why? Wow. <laughs> Hasn't he heard of animal shelters? Oh, I have so many oh. questions. Like, oh my goodness. Of all the things, all right, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Go ahead. A literal yeah. cat burglar. <laughs> I. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, do, do you are you guys familiar with the Citizen app? You know, it tells you where all the crimes yes, happening. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. I read something the other day that a woman, she was on Broad Street somewhere. She was armed with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> that sucks. Work it over. I'll suck it out of your pocket. Uh, <laughs> I, I maybe it was last year. I saw something on um on in uh, West Philly. It was a uh, two um teenagers with turtle-like features brandishing ninja weapons <laughs> in a park. Maybe now oh I might know something god. about that. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, with the ninja turtles. Some of those, some of those yep. things Folks? are fake. Um, yeah, some of those uh, reports on there are fake. You can probably see what's a gag or not. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't know the vacuum cleaner. I think, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, North yes. Philly vacuum cleaner? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I might be right. Yeah. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was a dirt devil. All right, guys, we are out of time. Yeah, her dirt devil. Those are good. Um, we're out of time. Herman, where can they find us? Oh, you can find <laughs> us on the internet. Uh, sorry. Internet. You can find us on the planet Earth. Now, we are on iTunes, Podomatic, Google Play Store, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon through Alexa. And if we're not on your favorite podcast channel, I 
Thanks, Alexa. Um, let us know. <laughs> I just gonna say. <laughs> Jeez. Alexa is very responsive today. <laughs> I forgot to make yes. before I started the show. Oh okay. my goodness. Well, I won't say her name because she's yes. listening. Well, anyway. Cena, uh, you gonna take us home? Yes, yes. Um, Farewell, everyone. You have been listening to Cue the Mic on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com, and on Saturdays at 2 p.m. on 89.1 WXVU-FM, Villanova's college student radio station. See you next week. Take care. See you next week. Thanks, Dr. Simone.